pleasant good morning to everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. The Coles Brown Show every Saturday morning from 1, excuse me, unless 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. I was thinking about the end time, <laughs> 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Central Standard Time, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Guest co-hosts, He's in Baton Rouge. I'm in Baton Rouge. He's a happy camper. I'm not a happy camper. Charles Edmund. Charles, good morning to you. Good morning, Carlos, and happy belated birthday. Thank you. It, it, it was a, a great day. I, I appreciate all of the messages and well wishes. I, I truly do. Another trip around the sun. But Charles, that took my mind off of last Saturday for one day. <laughs> now I'm back to uh, this Southern University football team. And let me just say this. First and foremost, congratulations to Prairie View and the Panthers. Uh, I believe, Charles, we both picked uh, Southern University to continue their winning ways. That did not happen. Prairie View and them still undefeated in conference play. Six and one overall. They defeated the Jaguars 48 to 31, almost a 50-piece put on Southern University for homecoming. Charles, you've got to be kidding me. Just, just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I've got some more uh, choice words and comments that I have, but um, you guest co-host today. Uh, over to you. Your thoughts on, on last week's ball game with Southern University and Prairie View and them Panthers. Yeah, it, you know, when, when the schedule comes out in the summer, you know, we, we kind of get our hands on the SWAC schedule in May, in May, June, especially at Media Day, we look at everybody's schedule. And if you follow this league, especially in football, you, you circle around, you know, f five or six dates on the calendar, big matchups. And Southern Prairie View is one of those matchups. And you expect a really good game. And – it didn't happen in the second half. You give up 34 points in the second half. Uh, it's very disappointing. And if you're a SWAC fan, it's shocking, quite honestly, because you just don't expect that to happen. I mean, it was a good football game, low scoring in the first half. But for the Jaguars to give up 34 points in the second half, even if, especially if you're a Southern fan, if you're a SWAC fan, to see Southern lose at home on their homecoming, it's absolutely uh, – is disheartening if you're a SWAC fan because you expect a better game, especially in the second half. Didn't happen. So now Southern's playing for pride, and I will contend that they're even more dangerous because they're in that category now. And uh, I, I, I expect I expect Southern to come out and play a lot better today. In other words, you're saying they're back to the wall. Well, how strange. I, I was a guest on, on Alcorn State Radio Network pregame show, and, and we talked about that, Charles. When was the last time a Southern Alcorn game has not been for championship implications, divisional implications? And it's so strange to say Southern now has to, you know, play not only for pride, but a spoiler role. That is unacceptable. That is unacceptable. Uh, let me do this. 48 to 31, as Charles stated, 34 to 14 in the second half. It was 14 to 7 in the first half. 
Southern defensively, poor play once again. Jordan Lewis didn't play. Devin Cotton, I understand that. What is the slogan? Southern is a standard. Next man up. Defense, we've talked about it all season. They have been consistently inconsistent. Poor tackling. You name it. And I'm most disappointed, most disappointed in defensive coordinator, Lionel Washington. Yeah, I said it. Now this is the, the alum, Charles, coming out of me now. I always got to keep the, the host, the alum, separate. But no, it's coming out now. Um, a defensive coordinator who is coaching the NFL, played in the NFL, it just has not worked this season. I talked to a coach in the conference, and he basically, assistant coach, basically said the spring was, it fooled a lot of people. Fool's gold. I'll talk more about that. Uh, Purview was able to control and limit Southern's run game. Didn't think it was going to happen, Charles. I believe last week we talked about it could possibly be a 300-game rushing attack three games in a row. When was the last football program that did that in the conference well they didn't get close to 300 and Burby put eight they stacked the line they put eight eight in the box and for the life of me the offensive coordinator knowing this you're going to have opportunities to take a shot downfield didn't get a chance to protect uh, Bubba McDaniels a lot and you've got skilled positions you've got a tight end as freshman All-American, it, it was like, okay, we could not make an adjustment. And I'm going to ask the question, has Southern basically become one-dimensional against the tougher opponents? We saw McNeese State in the second half. Did the same thing. If you're watching the film, Alcorn, FAMU, and Jackson State is going to do the same thing. They will live with Southern beating them, throwing the football. And that's the choice that they're going to they're make. Southern didn't attack downfield. The vertical attack, it wasn't enough. Now, they went 56 yards on the pass play to get a score, but just just most disappointing. Again, has Southern become a one-dimensional one on offense? A, a very disappointing effort last Saturday night, unacceptable. Um, sections of the crowd left. They were disappointed. You know, as you stated, Charles, homecoming, even if it wasn't homecoming, you lose by 48 to 21. You almost give up 50 points in a packed crowd. 24,580. Charles, I can tell you, my prediction tonight, 10 to 15,000. And again, this game usually ha always has a lot on state. It, 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 it's only pride now. And now that leads me to this question, Charles, and, and here's where I, we may agree to disagree on this one. Should Southern open up the coaching search again? I say yes. Now, Coach Rollins had the interim tag on him, and that does allow Southern some flexibility. But I, in my opinion, Charles, I, I think they're going to open the search up, and this thing could 
could spiral downward. Now, what would help a, a victory? You said this game scared you to death. And we look at Southern Alcorn, what, 1 in 10, 1 in 11, whatever you want to think about that. We all know it's only been one game that Southern has won. But, Will, you tell me, everyone, should Southern open up the coaching search again? Charles? Well, based on last week's performance, especially in the second half, yes. But, but, I'm going to add a but in there. I knew a but was coming. But was coming. You've got four of the top teams in the league to finish out the season. You've got this game. You've got Jackson State. You've got FAMU. And you've got Grambling to end the season. Now, of course, you know, pulling for the Braves today. And I think this game scares me because Southern is playing for pride. Uh, and that's a most dangerous thing to expect. Southern hasn't been in this position before. They were embarrassed in the second half last week. And I think they're going to play their best game of the year today. But, you know, if Southern wins and runs the table, the conversation is going to flip to, okay, you win the Bayou Classic, you know, you beat FAMU, who's in the running, you beat Jackson State, who's right now on the better teams in the league, then the conversation is going to flip to, well, maybe we ought to give Rollins some more time. Now, if you're ready to blow it up, okay, you got to understand something. When I say blow it up, it means you're going to get a, another coach, whether it's a celebrity coach, whether it's Ed Reed or, uh, you know, Marshall Falk, whoever you're going to get. You got to understand that the roster is going to be revamped. Uh, there's going to be some different philosophies. And just like Coach Dooley coming to Prairie View when Willie Simmons left, the program took a step back. But then you surge forward. The question is, how far back do you go? And I think, you know, Prairie View's been in the running. Now it looks like this year they're surging forward. With the Southern roster, whoever the coach, they're probably going to blow it up. And so how far back are you willing to go? And you got to understand other teams are surging forward. Valley is surging forward. They're getting better. Um, Grambling's going to get it fixed. You know, so you have to look at where you are. If you're ready to blow it up, that's fine. But understand that you might be out of contention for the next few years until that happens, if that happens at all. So you got to evaluate where this program is right now. You know, now, when Coach Dancy took over at Valley, we know where the program was. Nowhere to go but up. And other programs are like that, were like that as well. If you're willing to accept that the Jaguar program is, is rock bottom, okay. You got nowhere to go to, but up. But I don't believe that. I think the Jaguar program is right there in the cusp, probably in the middle of the pack now. But you get another coach, you might have to take a step or two back. Can you afford to do that with other teams surging? Thorne's not going to stay down for long. Valley's not staying down. They're improving. You know, Grambling's going to get it fixed. So you, you got you to gotta really take a step and look at that and see where you are. Because if you do blow it up, you understand you're going to take steps back, several steps back. Are you prepared for that? That's my question. Now, you know, to answer the question based on last week's performance, yes. But uh, I think right now you just have to let the season play out and evaluate it from there. Well, what if? What happens if 
Southern wins the Bayou Classic, and they lose tonight. They lose to FAMU, and they lose to Jackson State. Then that gives you only four victories, four and seven. And the difference is we talked about this team was built for championship mode, right? They were in championship mode. The pieces were there, the talent. Something has happened, and I think it's internal. You know, you, you hear different things about what's going on internally, but there must be consequences. It'll be different if they were a middle of the pack, and, and I don't think they're a middle of the pack. Even with this season, the pieces are still there. I'm going to read a text message from a close friend who basically said, if Southern's going to open up the search and, and kind of what we're hearing, that, that could be the case. Time will tell, right, Charles? Time will tell. The criteria of what he's looking for if Southern decides to, to do this. And I think this is going to be totally on Roman Banks the director of athletics. The only saving grace is he left some flexibility with the interim tag. If the season works out, and if you kind of look at it, Texas Southern, I thought, basically, was the, the worst loss. No disrespect to Texas Southern. Congratulated them. They did well. And then Prairie View. Then you look at the McNeese, which you're winning at half. You hold on. So realistically, Troy and Prairie View and them, just two losses. You could very well be five and two. And one loss in the conference. I don't know. A lot of disappointment. I got a lot of text messages and calls. And, you know, Jaguar Nation, they are who they are. This was an unacceptable loss. And this season, there's no doubt about it. Southern has underachieved. They really have. And that's the most disappointing thing. It's like if you're in education, you have a student that you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is an A student or a B student. And they've underachieved. And you know the talent is there. That's why it's so uh, disappointing. The guest menu. Today, of course, Charles Edmund, guest co-host. Uh, I'm going to visit with Travis Jerome, SID at Alabama State. We scheduled to talk with him. Also, Coach Van Petaway. We're going to look at the basketball preseason polls that came out, Charles. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Coach Petaway has to say about that. And then Brandon B.J. Jones, who's a uh, our, the Coles Brown Show football analyst and also a Southern University alum. So that's what's coming up as far as it gets me. And then we're gonna have a couple of newsworthy notes for you as well. So Charles Edmund, guest co-host, he'll be with me throughout the show. We'll break a little early on today's edition of the Coles Brown Show, about 15 minutes uh, earlier for this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show. Don't take a time out. When we come back, it'll be more of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. 
We'll be right back. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm Coles Brown, joined by Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network. In the last topic, I kind of wanted to just get some, get the emotions off the chest. Southern University dropped a 48-21 decision to Prairie View and Panthers coach Dooley, whose name has just been circulating all over the place. I wonder why. But, Charles, he came back to where he cut his teeth at. Um, we said last week that Coach Dooley and Prairie View and them, and once again, congratulations to Prairie View and them. They were the better team. Um, the 4-0 against Grambling State University, now 1-3 and against Southern University, 0-3 against Jackson State, and, and 0-3 against Alcorn State. Um, some, some just some quick numbers, and it, it just – tells the story. Net yards rushing for Prairie View, they had 224. Southern, only 130. Net yards passing, Prairie View and them 280. Southern University, uh, 120. So, total offensive yards, Prairie View and them Panthers, 504 total yards on 64 plays. Jaguars, 250 on 67 plays. Prairie View averaged 7.9 yards per play. That's almost a first down every play. They had explosive plays. And I understand Jordan Lewis and Devin Cotton and Tamara Smith, all three talented individuals didn't play, but still unacceptable. Um, Time of possession, Prairie View and them, 31 minutes and 31 seconds. Southern University, 28 minutes and 29 seconds. Third down conversion, Charles, Prairie View, 8 of 13. Jaguars, 3 of 15. 
And then on the individual standpoint, uh, Jawan passed 19 of 27, 280. Glenda McDaniel for Southern 14 of 2214. Kobe Dillon, 12 carries for 56 yards, by the way, on the Jerry Rice watch award with Shadur Sanders as well. And for Prairie View, uh, Brooks, 13 carries, 108 yards. Jaden Stewart, 83 yards. So Prairie View was very balanced. Southern wasn't balanced. And when they were not able to run effectively, they became one-dimensional. They could not make an adjustment at all. And for the life of me, Kobe Dillon should start different type of, of running back, explosive speed, power, has it all. Didn't start. Did not start at all. So a lot of questions, Charles, to this uh, preview and Southern football game and, and going forward now as we get ready to talk a little bit of Southern and Alcorn State. Southern has to be in the spoiler role, but that's just very uncomfortable going into tonight's game at 6 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, it's it, again, it's just a shocker when you when you circle this game as one of the premier games in the conference and you expect this game to, to, to be a four-quarter game, and it was a two-quarter game. And whatever happened to the Jaguars in the second half, they just completely fell apart. And it, it, it is, if, if you're a fan of the SWAC, it's, it's tough to witness, it's tough to watch. I know Jaguar Nation is still pulling their hair out seven days later. I get it. Um, and so, you know, you had championship aspirations. You know, this was going to be a tough matchup regardless. I mean, the Texas Southern game, I to me, I think the game to look at, even though it was a disappointing second half last week, I think the Texas Southern game, you you that one probably smarts more than the preview game. You knew the preview game was going to be tough anyway, regardless. But that loss to Texas Southern is probably going to be the one that's going that's going to bite you on the side all year because that's one that everyone had winning the game, you know, a controversial spot call on a fourth down. But the game shouldn't have come down to that. I mean, you had Dylan rush for over 200 yards in that game. You did everything you, you could do but pick up one yard. And it was a spot situation in which you didn't get a call on. But that's the one that I think is probably going to – everybody's going to look, look back on and say, hey, that's the one that we should have got. Because even if, if if they beat Texas Southern, you lose to Prairie View, you, you know, Prairie View still got some work to do. And then you got all-corn Prairie View coming up. You got Southern all-corn coming up. So – you know, there's a lot of stuff still in the bag, but that TSU game is the one that everyone, to me, at least to me anyway, that's the one I look at. It's going to be tough. You know, I had Southern winning the game, um, but I just didn't think the defense would would melt like it did in the second half. And then Southern not being able to run the football like they did against Texas Southern. That, and I think to your point, that you have a guy that rushed for 226 yards, and then, you know, they don't do it nearly that much a week later. You've got to be able to run the football and stay committed to it even when it's not working. And that's what the Braves do, and that's why the Braves are where they are. You know, Nico Duffy, Stafford Anderson, when they run the football, even though it might be a half a yard in a cloud of dust, you know, offensive <laughs> coordinator Elliot Redden says, we're still going to run that football because you have to be able to run the football even when it's not working. Sometimes teams bail out on it. And I talked to Fred McNair about it the other night. Just They're just committed to doing it, whereas other teams are not. Well, in Southern's case, that's their bread and butter, and they have been committed to doing it. But but here's the thing. 
when your bread and butter doesn't work, can you be able to do some other things? I, I've always believed in that, you know, you, you you be balanced. And if you look at Prairie View and them, I read the stats. They, they were balanced. They were able to run it, and they were able to throw it. And I think going forward, no matter whoever's coaching, that should be the emphasis to be able to be balanced on offense. Um, let me read. Got some some comments, and and and, and I love it. Dwight says, I "Appreciate you uh, watching." He says, "No choice." Yes, Charles. If we run the table, meaning Southern. Rollins may be able to keep his job, but others will have to go to show he is correcting the issue with getting players ready to compete. Well, I've already called out the defensive coordinator who I interviewed on the show, uh, Lionel Washington, most disappointed with, with, with Coach Washington. And again, I understand injuries, but isn't that part of the game, Charles? Everybody has to deal with yeah. injuries. And so you've, you've yeah. got to be able to get that team, the next person, next person to man up. Troy says Southern is a senior team. So far this season is unacceptable. You are right about the McNeese and Prairie View A&M. Southern needs to run the table to save Robin's job. Um, Derek says opening coach search now. And good morning, Dwight. Pleasant good morning to you and happy birthdays, franchise Gold Jags. Yeah, go go Jags, Charles. And we'll see what happens. I'm interested to see what kind of crowd. I made a prediction. I say 10 to 15,000 uh, tonight. I hope I'm wrong, but the disappointment will, will linger on. Well, Charles, let's kind of look at this all corn state football team. Let me ask you this point blank. Is this team with, with their struggles starting slow, but still undefeated conference. Is this team as good as 2018, which I thought was the best all corn team in the last three years. Um, I would say we're not there yet uh, as far as comparing it to those teams. Um, the slow starts are troubling. Um, even though we were a little bit better last week, a uh, little bit faster start, but we get in those ruts sometimes. And, and I think offensively, that's, that's something we have to continue to, to push and get over. Last week, defensively, we gave a big plays. And uh, this this kid body for TSU is gonna be good, by the way. If he sticks yeah. around, if he stays, if he stays with it, he's gonna be really good. He's just a freshman, so you know keep 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 that in your rearview mirror. But you know defensively, we're giving up a lot of big plays on the back end of our defense. Now we are without one of our top guys, and Terrence Edgeton, who suffered a season-ending knee injury. We got some other guys back there making plays, Juwan Taylor and others. But we're giving up too many big plays on the back end of our defense. And I expect Southern to probably try to stretch our defense today to try to push the ball down the field, something that they struggled with last week. Um, and then, of course, you know, TSU tried to run the football, uh, but couldn't really do that. You know, a freshman quarterback put them in some bad positions, throwing the ball backwards and just making some, some, some you know, freshman plays. 
but you got a veteran quarterback today in McDaniel that'll probably you know play a lot smarter and a lot better. But this, but this team here, not quite to the level of of, of 18 and 19. Not there yet. Um, but I thought last week was a good stepping stone um, because we got the best teams in the conference, you know, coming up here. I mean, we've got to play better. You know, expect Southern to pour it all on the line today. Bethune's going to be a heck of a spoiler. We got to play well next week in an early game. Then you got Prairie View and then you got Jackson. So if we're going to get to where we want to be, we're going to have to play better. And uh, we're going to have to get back to that 18-19 level of play if we're going to get to where we need to be. But not quite there yet. I, I think last week was a good start, though. But we have to build on that here tonight. Alcorn averaging 150 yards, giving up 138. Uh, passing 214, giving up 182. Total offense for Alcorn, 364 Yards a game, giving up 320. Defense injuries are just not playing up to uh, Alcorn's typical defensive standard. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, again, our back end is hurting a little bit. We, we do have a, a quite a few injuries. And Fred McNair's not making any excuses about him. He's next man up. Um, I think we, we, we do get better as the game goes along. You know, the Pine Bluff game was an example, the Grambling game, the Valley game. Our defense gets better as the game rolls on as Cedric Thornton, the D.C., makes his adjustments. But we, we, we give up big runs and big plays at times. And, you know, if you go back to last week, we had a bunch of pre-snap penalties, discipline on defense, and as Fred McNair said, so you just got to watch the ball. You know, he was talking about that. So I think from a defensive side, we can get off the field when we need to. We had two against Valley. We had two against Grambling. And when the game was close and the balance in the third quarter, we were able to get off the field. So, I mean, our defense has to continue to do that here today uh, And if, 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 they want to, if they want to get to where we need to be here as a team. But uh, I, I think this is a young defense that's still trying to find their way. And, you know, you, you've talked about it, Carlos, bend but not break. I talked to Cedric Thornton, defensive coordinator, last week. He says, based on what he's seen on film, we shouldn't be bending. That's just how confident he is in his defense. And that, you know, against Valley, we had two pick sixes, according to him, that, that we dropped. So, you know, our defense could be a whole lot better, according to our defensive coordinator, just based on what he's seeing on film. So, you know, again, it, it, it goes to the point, not quite there yet in terms of these other teams that we've had at the last two or three years. But I think we're getting there. And if we can stay healthy, stay upright, and uh, if, if we just improve, and continue to harass the quarterback, something we've been doing all year, I think we'll be fine at the end of the day. Well, Charles, I, I think Alcorn State defensively will take a page from last week against Burnview, uh, Southern against Burnview and him. And I think going forward, you're going to see that. Um, they're they're going to put eight people in the box defensively and try to neutralize Southern's running attack. Then – they're going to say, hey, we, we will live. We don't believe you can beat us throwing the football. Do you kind of see the same situation happening with all core State as far as defensively how they plan and attack Southern's offense? Yeah, I, I think so because I'm sure they saw the film against Texas Southern, and I'm sure they, they saw the film last week. And even Fred McNair's got a lot of respect for Dylan. I mean, I talked to him the other day about it, and – 
He's a hard runner. He's a punishing runner. And I, I think Southern's going to try to run the football. And this is what I've been saying, you know, as far as Southern University and their offense. You know, is it McDaniel? Is it Skelton? You know how I feel about that. You know, and I, I got a text about, you know, from a – well, not a text, a post from someone saying that – a Southern Jag fan saying that you should start, you know, you should start Skelton and just, just go from there. You know, some people would probably disagree with that. But I think the Braves are going to try to stack uh, – Braves going to try to stack the box and uh, force Southern to throw it over the top. But McDaniel can do that. He can push the ball down the field if he gets the, the right matchups. But the thing is, you've got to be able to run the football and establish some sort of positivity doing that. You can't just – you can't be second and 13, second and 10. You've got to be able to get some manageable yards on first down to keep everybody honest. Bray's going to try to do it. Southern's going to try to nickel and dime and, and do small stuff running the football. If they do that, then I think Southern's in a manageable situation. But the Braves are aggressive now. They're going to hit you. They're going to harass the quarterback. And the one thing about McDaniel, different from Skelton, McDaniel's kind of a, a statue back there. He's kind of a sitting duck. If that protection breaks down, we've seen him running a little bit. But Skelton's the guy that you got to worry about. You know, my, my guess is McDaniel will start today. So I, I think the Braves will stack the box. And then uh, what did what did Jason Rollins say the other day in terms of he doesn't lose battles up front? Southern's been very solid up front, but uh, the last week that obviously didn't happen. Well, you know, and, and I'm disappointed in Coach Grassi. I, I, I don't know <laughs> if, if Coach Rollins is, but you've got to make teams pay when they stack the box. You, you're going to get one-on-one coverage. It's not 22 defensive players on the field. And, and, and I think you have to run, in this case, to set up the pass. But they didn't attack downfield at all. Only a couple of times. Very perplexing to me. Doesn't look like the same offense. And again, you've got to, the goal has to be, you've got to be balanced. You know, you're not going to be able to run a rush for a lot of yards against the better defensive teams. So what do you do? You've, it's like a, a, with a boxer. It's easier to defend someone unless he just has a hell of a one hand, a right hand or left, but it's it's more. You got to do your homework more when a boxer can take you out with either hand. Be balanced. So with that being said, we'll have some more Southern and Alcorn State, but I'm going to take a timeout. My next guest is, is Reddy Travis Jerome. Uh, he's, of course, sports information director at Alabama State. He'll be talking some Magic City Classic from the Alabama State perspective. Uh, we'll take a time out when we come back. We'll join, Travis. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together we can be the change. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. No! 
quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. It's something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. This week's edition of the Coles Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network, joined by Charles Edmond and now joined by Travis Jerome, Sports Information Director at Alabama State. He's on site, Birmingham, site of the Magic City Classic. Travis, good morning to you, and uh, I guess it's going to be on my bucket list to come to Birmingham and witness one of the best uh, football games and all the ambience in the Magic City Classic starting next year. But good morning to you, sir. Good morning. I appreciate you having me on, and, and you need to put it on your bucket list. This is uh, number five for me, and it's back to normal. Um, you know, I, we were talking off air. We, we pulled up this morning. There's probably 20,000 people already in the parking lot, tailgating, wow. grilling, smoking in the parking lot. The tents are back up. All the vendors are back. It just seems like we're back to normal, even though we're still going through what we're going through with the pandemic. Yeah, well, hopefully we're – and I guess I can say it this way. Hopefully, we're on the back end of uh, of this COVID and Delta and va- variants 
And I, I'll just say this, guys, and see if you'll disagree, and then we'll move on from the COVID. I think it'll, it's going to end up being like with the flu. You know, you get a vaccination for the flu every year. I think that's eventually what's going to happen uh, with, with, with the uh, COVID-19, you know, and then trying to get back to some normalcy uh, it, it, it is the goal. It's the goal. I agree. I think it's, you know, with the booster shots, I think it's something that we just got to learn to live with. Unfortunately, it's just going to be another one of those things that, you know, I'm not a health expert by any means, but you watch the reports and listen to the reports. I think it's just something we're going to have to live with that we've been living with that really just came to the forefront. And when it came to the forefront, it exploded. It's been around. It just finally, it, it made it, it reared its ugly head and made everything shut down. And unfortunately people lost their lives for it. People lost loved ones, but I think we're on the tail end of it. Hopefully we're on the tail end of it and we get back to some kind of sense of normalcy. It's all about, you said it, making adjustments. And, and speaking of adjustments, uh, the Magic City Classic, it's still, and Charles Edmund has stated to me, a lot of times fans are saying, hey, win this ball game. Even if you don't win in other games. I, I tell you what, though, uh, Alabama A&M team that's coming in on the losing streak, but I'm sure Alabama State, from their perspective, Travis, they're not worried about a three-game losing streak by Alabama A&M. They want to beat Alabama A&M in today's football game. And that's exactly right. You, you know, you look at it, we're, we're coming in on a three-game losing streak. Really, if you want to say losing streak, we've lost the last three classes. Um, two of them pretty, pretty one-sided. Um, we lost the three-overtime game in fall of 19. Good things going on. Both teams struggling a little bit, but you kind of expected somebody to, to like a Jackson State or a FAM or a Bethune with, with Alcorn moving to the West, things happen. But that's why you play the game. I mean, you just – you can say what you want on paper. It's like Coach Healy said, all the talking and all the paper, everything you've seen on paper leading up to today is done. It's Saturday. It's time to, get to, to put the helmets on and play and make the best team win. And that's kind of where we're at. Um, for A&M to come in on three-game losing streak doesn't mean anything to us, you know, because at the end of it, we know what kind of team they have. We know how explosive that offense is. I mean, that offense can explode for 60 points just like they had put on them a couple weeks ago by Jackson State. You know, they're, they're dangerous. Um, but our defense on that other side of the football is, is pretty salty itself. And, um, yeah, we gave up some points, but we don't give up a whole lot of yards. It's, it's a big play here, a big play there. We just got to control the big play and get pressure on a kill today and, and see what happens. Do you have a question? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, Travis, last – we all know in the spring, Alabama State was kind of the talk of the spring. You know, they beat Jackson State, and I, I know that 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 front four was just massive in, in getting to the quarterback. What What's kind of been the difference with this team in the fall compared to what we saw in the spring? Got Auburn transfer, and I was thinking that Alabama State was going to really be pushing some teams around on, on the eastern side. What's What's been the difference? You know, we were young in the spring. We're still young. And you look at it, we're 13 games in in the calendar year. I mean, yeah, you got a couple months off, but that's still 13 games that you're putting on young men's bodies. And, and for us to be as young as we are, we're deep. We're banged up this fall. We're, we're short two of our offensive tackles. You know, against Jackson State, we went without the two starters. We're going without them again today. Ryan Nettles has been banged up. We've been out. We've, Miles Crawley's played the last two games. Ezra Gray's been banged up all year. Um, he's finally trying to get back to 100%. Christian Clark on the defense side of the ball didn't start against Jackson because he was banged up. Jacquez Payton, who, you know, is one of the best DBs in the country when you look numbers-wise, has been playing with a has been playing with a lower body injury all year and still doing what he does. Natron Culpepper, 
all-conference DB, now comes off the bench. He's been hurt. So it's just it's a lot of things that have happened. You, you know, a lot of people don't understand 13, 13 games and a lot of practices will, will wear on your body, and it has. I mean, you know, we're down on the – we're back to our starting center that we had in the, in the spring, Samuel Black's here. But the guy that's been starting, Charlie Maxwell, is out probably for the rest of the year. So, I mean, it's just a lot of things that have, have played its part. And, you know, and it's not an excuse. We still have to go out there and play. That's why you have all these scholarship guys. But at, at some point, you have to look at the totality of what you've got. And we understand when injuries rear their ugly head, it's, it's a bad thing for a football team, especially when they all happen around the same time. Travis, you talked about the injuries. But uh, from the outside looking in, still defensively, that's, in spite of injuries, it is perhaps the strongest part of the team, correct? It is. And, you know, and you look at numbers, and, of course, Jackson's in the top ten of every category. Fam's defense is good. There's a couple other defenses like Prairie View. I wouldn't trade our defense for anything. I mean, we're good from front to back. I mean, you, any given day, you know, we could we could pitch a shutout if, if things go right. Um, UAPB could have been a shutout. We just had a bad break on the ball. Jacquez broke late on the ball. Um, and then stumbled, and they ran it back for a 75-yard touchdown. And then we had a, a fumble recovery they, that they were able to pick up and, and scored off of that. You know, our offense just has to give our defense some rest. And our defense, you know, hands down is one of the best in the conference when you look across the board um, at, at what we've got. And we're still down Bubba Adams. He's been hurt since first series of the first game of the year. So, I mean, you know, it's people – we have people. We have the next man up. We have guys that can play. It's just, you know – the, the thing is, you just have to put them in the right situations, and, and Travis Pearson does that on that defensive side of the football. This is Travis Jerome here, Sports Information Director at Alabama State. Um, I, I wanted to keep it strictly on the Magic City Classic, but I, I guess next time I get you on, you got a new director of athletics. Uh, let, let me just ask you this. Dr. Cable, he's adjusting well, I, I'm assuming. He is. Um, this is his first Magic City Classic as a as an administrator. Um, he's been a fan. He's been to this game, so he's been on that side of it. Um, this is going to be a different side for him being the administrator here. But yeah, he's he's adjusting well. Um, he came in, you know, came in and, and running with everything starting up. Uh, you know, we've got basketball starting up next week, so that's another two sports that he's got on his plate. But no, he he's adjusted well. Um, it's been a I don't even know how many days it's been. I know it's been well over two months. It's been two and a half months. I don't want to date him as far as how many days he's been here. But for, you know, the two and a half months he's been here, you know, it's, it's been he, – he's adjusted well. And, you know, um, for us it's, it's a little different. You know, we, we've all adjusted to him, and that, that's what it takes. He has to adjust when he comes in. We have to adjust to his leadership style. But, you know, everything right now is running smooth. It's just now it's a matter of we just got to get some, some W's in the column to, to make everything look better. Speaking of adjustments and, and a win, Coach Ewan Hill, what did he talk about as far as this week in his press conference about what it will take to be victorious in this game against Alabama and m He really didn't in the press conference. He really didn't talk about what it's going to take to win. Um, he just talked about the, the camaraderie between him and Connell, about how good of friends they are. But when they get out here today that, you know, for – three and a half hours, they're not going to talk. They're going to be enemies on the field. But when the game's over, they'll shake hands and go about their business. Um, you know, for us, realistically, I think I think we've learned from the past about adjusting and, and you know, what you say to other teams before they go. We let A&M do all the talking this week. 
and let them go <laughs> on Wednesday and Friday. Um, our biggest thing is we just, you know, they've won the last three classics, so there's not a whole lot we can say. Um, they've had our number, but he's got the guys focused. Um, you know, he told them yesterday when they finished up their, their final walk to here at the stadium, you know, all the talking is done, all the writing is done. He said it's time for us to lock in. He said we get back to the hotel. It's nothing but lock in and get ready to play on Saturday. We lace our shoes up the same way. We put our helmets on the same way. May the best team win. That's exactly what he told the guys. And, and the guys, I'm, I'm hoping we'll respond. You know, it's, it's one of those things we're playing away from home, which has been a struggle um, this year. We're 0-3 on the road. We've scored one time. Um, but this game, you know, it's, it's one of those that, that anything can happen. You know, we've got some surprises. We've got some guys coming back to today, which will, will be a surprise for A&M. Um, they're, they're not expecting some of the guys we have coming back. So hopefully that'll play into to our benefit and, and get things going and get things going early. We've got a few minutes left. Uh, I'm sure you you got another question for Mr. Jerome. Yeah, yeah I do. And I, I think, you know, what you talked about, uh, Travis, in terms of teams that play in the spring and the fall, we're on this thing every week. We don't talk about that. You know, you're playing so many games in a short window. And I know it's fans might look at it as an excuse, but football is a violent, brutal sport, and you have to have time to heal. It takes nine months to prepare for a season. And what you said there, I haven't heard anyone else talk about it. The fact that the teams that played in the spring, everybody played in the spring except one, and just it does take a toll on some teams. Some were able to weather through it, but for Alabama State, clearly, you know, it, the injuries have taken a toll. And then I look at this matchup. I mean, it was 7-7 with Jackson State at the half. So uh, to, to, the, to your point, the defense, I think, has to do what do their part and slow down glass, I think, give their offense a chance. I think if we can get pressure on, on a kill, I think we'll be fine. Um, you know, we're obviously going to put our DBs on an island, but I'll say this. I'll, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take anybody else's DBs and put them on our team to put them on an island because that's what our guys practice against. They practice against the same thing every week about being put on an island. But, you know, it, the thing about the injuries and, and the amount of games we played, that's just the luxury of this job that I have is I get to spend time with all of our coaches. Um, and, and, you know, we have some, some conversations, obviously, that, that we can't have, you know, publicly. But that's one of the things that we always talk about is just how hard is it to, to have this many games in a calendar year. It's not an excuse. It's just nobody's ever done it, and we're all going through it together. So we're all just kind of trying to weather the storm and, and see what happens. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a football game again. Um, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, heck, if we score first, I'm taking our team any day of the week. We've done it at home twice. Could have done it three times. But if we can get on the board first and, and get a drive, get a score on our opening drive, which we were going to do, we did last year, and then Ryan Ells got hurt, and then it was a totally different game after Ryan got hurt after that opening drive, and we had to bring a backup quarterback in. If we can get, a, if we can get some points on the board that opening drive, I'll take our chances with anybody in the, in the conference and then really anybody in the country because our defense, once they have a lead, they're hard to play against because you can't – you really don't understand what Pearson's going to bring on that defensive side of the ball. But, you know, for me – and, Charles, I'll say this with you on there. It's going to be a fun time for me because this is going to be the first classic I've been that I don't have a, a headset on. So I'm going to actually <laughs> on the sideline, make sure things run right. But, again, I'm going to be a fan just as much as I'm an SID today. And, and for me to be able to watch our student-athletes compete and be able to compete in a in a almost a sense of normalcy in an environment, the stands behind me are going to be packed. They have, they've been talking about how many tickets have been sold. 
So for me, that's what it's about today. It's, it's about watching our student athletes perform on the highest stage possible and see what they can do. That's what we're here for. I mean, we're here to watch our student athletes compete. We're not here to argue. We're not here to yell at each other. We're not here to, to say this person needs to do this, this person needs to do that. We're here for these student athletes. If they weren't here, we wouldn't be here. Well said. And, and my last question, and you kind of mentioned it, what what would be an expectation for the crowd uh, today? You, you well, want to take a guess? I'm, I'm guessing 60 inside, um, just with all the, the talk that's been going on. And, you know, they, they said they've opened it up. You know, and I asked the question this summer. I was like, is this a normal Magic City Classic? They said, we're opening it up. Um, so that's why we left the hotel. So that's why I'm actually in the stadium now. We've been here already for two hours making sure things are running. <laughs> it's, it's a home game for us. And with UAB not playing here anymore, it definitely is a home game. This is ASU Stadium inside Legion Field right now with everything we had to bring up. But, you know, for us, it's, you know, we're hoping for a big crowd. Um, outside is already going. You know, we caught ourselves walking in. We stopped at a few places. And, you know, I actually had a guy offer some sausage and, and some burgers. He said, man, y'all help yourself. So we got to we got to sample a little bit of the tailgate and see what happens. So you know that's the that's the good thing about the classic. People can say what they want. People can say the two teams hate each other. Look, when you come to this, it's a family affair. I mean, every, everybody can see now. Now you go, you you hear things are things are starting to gear up here now. We're looking forward to it. Well, on that note, that may be a clue to I hear in the background. Uh, but we appreciate the time and. Uh, uh, be safe, Travis, and hopefully, I wonder when Alabama State will make the uh, in the spring. It was uh, Southern was supposed to come there, but um, last time you've been to Baton Rouge, and, and I guess hopefully when you'll get a chance to come back, you know, maybe I know basketball, but football wise, yeah, well, we'll be there for basketball soon. Basketball cranks up next week. We have an exhibition game for the men on Thursday and the women on Saturday. But look, we'll, I'll go anywhere, anywhere our schedule tells us we're going. I'm going to go. I mean, it's, it's, you know, being football, basketball right now is the top two things. I mean, we got a lot of other sports going to respond for, but that's my travel schedule. So I got to figure it out and figure it out pretty quick. Well, we appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again real soon, Travis. Look forward to it. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Travis Jerome, SID at Alabama State, one of the hardest working men in the business, and always he's uh, been very kind to me with information. I'm on the email list. Just, I appreciate it. I really do. Gonna take a time out. When I come back, I'm gonna visit with another guy that's in Alabama, Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama. And then we're gonna talk swag basketball predictions. And I tell you what, Bethune Cookman on the women's side, Alabama State, we know they're pretty good. Well, but doing Cookman Challenge, I, I saw where they were picked, Charles. I was a little bit shocked at that, but based on what I've seen from Bethune Cookman in the past, now in the Southwest Athletic Conference, we'll have the latest. We'll get the coach's perspective on all of that. You're watching Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter.
Diamond Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Charles Edmond has joined me as guest co-host and now Coach Van Pettaway. I was able to find him because last week I was looking for him and uh, he he was already booked. So we got the basketball analyst here on the Carlos Brown Show to talk some swag men's and women's basketball. The predictions have uh, come out. Last week, but first and foremost, Coach, good morning to you. Uh, well, good afternoon, actually. How you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. I'm um, getting ready to wa- watch some swag football action, and uh, things are going well for me. Not necessarily for my team. We've lost three in a row, and it's time to break that thing today. And what better way to do it than against your rival? Well, Coach, uh, I can I can feel you on that. Was Southern has underachieved. <laughs> Alabama and them is had not haven't had the season that they want. Old Charles, there's this you know smiling like a chest cut. Alcorn is still in the hunt, but I guess I can't be mad with Charles at Alcorn State. 
Yeah, all corners who we say they are. They 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 do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, and they make a they they can handle adversity and they definitely make adjustments in the in the second half. But basketball talk uh, on the women's side, Jackson State, and now well, it's twelve teams now. So if you read the whole list out, coach. It, it, it's longer than it usually is, but Jackson State number one, Alabama State number two, Southern three, Alabama and them four, five, Grambling State six, Texas Southern seven, Alcorn State, Bethune Cookman eight, hmm, nine, Arkansas. I don't, Pablo. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't like that one. I, I, I think that's a bad prediction because when you look at it, Bethune Cookman, the last time they played, they were 23 and six, they were 15 and one in the MEAC. So, you know, if, and if you've got most of that roster returning, I don't see those ladies just coming into the swack and laying down. So that one, that one, that's the one that perplexed me on the women's side. Yeah, and also okay. uh, with Prairie View being the number 10, I, I don't think Coach Pugh is going to allow her team to, to finish that low. I think she'll, she's had time to go out and get some players, and I think uh, they'll have a better showing. Prairie View 10. Nine Arkansas Pine Bluff, eleven FAMU, twelve Mississippi Valley State. On the women's side, is it Jackson State's to lose? And I know this is predictions, prognosticators, but uh, Alabama State and and Jackson State have had some battles. And yep. um, as you stated, Bethune Cookman, very perplexing to me. I, Coach, I would actually have them in the top three. Yeah, well, I, I would put them up in the top, up, up in the top five or six. Uh, I, I think a lot of times with these preseason polls, because the uh, coaches in the SWAC don't know their program and don't know them, that's probably why they came in so low. But uh, you know, the, the preseason awards that that's for the media, that that's for uh, the writers and stuff like that. You know, as coaches, you just prepare your team. They know in Bethune that they're not a tenth-ranked team. So all they'll do is use that uh, – I mean, I'm sorry, eighth-ranked team. So they'll just use that as a motivation to get their teams ready to play. You've seen the predictive order of finish. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with Coach Petaway. And I, and I also am going to add that I think because Bethune and FAMU coming into the conference, you factor them – into the mix in terms of where they should be ranked. It it, it is kind of hard to to, to figure yep. because you're looking at what they did against MEAC opponents and not necessarily conference opponents. So I, I I'll give the uh, the committee a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because it's it's hard to judge what they did last year because they didn't play in the SWAC last year. But yes, for a team that finished what they talking about the, the Lady Wildcats. For them to finish what they did uh, last year and to be picked that low, it is kind of surprising to me. I would I would agree with Coach Petaway. You got to put them probably in the middle of the pack, you know, fifth, sixth. You know, you you come off the season that they had, they should be a little bit higher. But I, I am going to give the uh, committee that that does the preseason polls a little bit of a break because it is kind of hard to determine and place FAMU and Bethune because they weren't in the swag last year. So I, I will cut them a little bit of slack. But based on what Bethune did last year, to have him pick that low, it, it is it's kind of hard to figure. But you know, pre preseason polls. I mean, all it is is just uh, fodder 
and it's bulletin board material for your locker room. Like, look, you were picked to finish this low, now go out and prove otherwise. And and, and Coach yeah. Coach Petaway knows this better than anybody. All that is is bulletin board material yep. to get everybody fired up come January. Yep. Our, our colleague at the Black College Sports Network is weighing in, Dr. Cavill. He says people are curious about the new head coach of uh, Bethune-Cookman. And, yeah, they did lose their coach and, and I want to say their men's basketball coaches as well. But I guess I would just base it on what they had done in, in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, and I, I'm not sure if they lost any personnel from that women's basketball team. But um, time will tell, guys. We'll see at the end of the season, right? Oh, yes. Now, on the men's side, hmm, interesting. If I didn't know better, I'd say Coach Petaway was still coaching. No, <laughs> no, no, no. If, if I was... <laughs> check, check, say, say it again, Coach. Well, if I was still coaching Alabama and them wouldn't have been picked ninth in the league. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, Texas Southern picked number one, Prairie View A&M number two, Jackson State number three, Grambling State four, Southern fifth. That's about right. Could, could slip a little further if you're Southern. Six, FAMU, seven, Alcorn. Much improved, I believe, on paper. Eight, Alabama State, nine. Wow, Alabama and them. Bethune Cookman, 10th. Arkansas Pine Bluff, 11. Mississippi Valley State, 12. Coach Petaway, what stands out about this preseason prediction? Would you agree? Or if you could, you could find somewhere, if you were voting on this preseason prediction, where, where would you be on this? Well, I, I think the top three, that they're, they're okay. I probably would have had Southern as the fourth best team. And and, and I think uh, everything else would, would fall in place. Because I, I think when you look at Texas Southern and Prairie View, they're tip for tap. So they are, to me, they are the two best teams in the uh, SWAC right now. And I think that uh, Jackson State, because of their defense, what they do on the defensive end of the floor, they're going to always be in the mix. And But, but I think – Mm -hmm. I think Southern will be a surprise team. I think they'll play a little. Like, can you give them a year to get some people in? Oh, I think Roy, <laughs> Roy, Roy's I think, mic is unmuted. Go ahead, Coach. Okay, I think I think Southern will be. Uh, I think they'll surprise some people. I think Coach Woods has those kids ready to play. I guess maybe I've got a bad taste from football, but uh, Coach, if you, <laughs> I, I, I'll take your word for it. If um, if they're in the top top four, that's always a goal of mine. If they could be in the top four when it's all said and done. And, and speaking of in the top four, you know, Charles is the first one to alert me of, of you know, Southern and Alcorn have been travel partners from the beginning. Even when you were coaching, right. away, now they've kind of changed up because of the addition of, the you know, Bethune and family. Now it's Southern and uh, Grandma, if I'm not mistaken. So right. um, what, what do you think about that, Coach? Well, they had to make some changes. When you bring the two Florida schools in, you know you were on team them up. And so they, they had to come back and switch a few people up. That's not that bad because, you you know, you don't – you still don't play each other when you normally play each other. So traveling 
the only thing that that you might have a, a difference in if you weren't friendly with each other uh prior to this uh you'd be coming <laughs> Then you might actually report out team uh, because normally when we go somewhere and we play an opponent, you know, we, we might share a live, uh, a live scouting report with, with our travel partner. So I'm, hmm. I'm hoping that they have a relationship to where uh, at least they can do that. Yeah. Because, you know, what? it's in the swag with, with only that one day in between before that uh, Monday game, that live report is very important. Interesting. Live report. Hmm. Never, never, yeah, never like, heard of that before. Oh yeah, they 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 did it to me big time when I first got in the swag. <laughs> I, I couldn't understand how how my money partner knew so much about us, uh, especially for the things that we did in that in that Saturday night game. Then I came. Then I, you know, over time I found out they were doing live reports, live oh. scouting. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and guess what? Yeah, you had a bunch of coaches. No, you had veteran coaches. So they've they've been friends for a long time. They didn't want this little young upstart to come in the league, uh, <laughs> doing battle with them and winning. So they had to have that that little extra edge, and that's what they did. Which is, I mean, that's not bad. It wasn't a bad thing, uh, you know. So I think if uh, Southern, if Coach Wood and Coach Jackson down at uh, Grambling, if they got a great relationship, it'd be great to be travel partners. I, I tell you one thing, Charles. Something hasn't changed. Looking at the schedule, Southern Grambling now just Grambling. Remember Southern Alcorn would always start off with the Texas two-step. Wow, that hasn't yeah. changed, Coach. <laughs> I, I, I've been wishing for that to change, and nope. Start <laughs> off with Texas Southern Prairie View. So right off the bat, you'll know where you're staying at. Yep, you got to be ready to play. You got to be ready to play. Charles, you glad that Alcorn is not in that <laughs> that Texas swing? Oh, oh my, that's tough. Well, yeah, we're still in the Texas swing, but it's not it, it's not, it's the not at the usual time. Uh, the difference with the schedule this year, uh, of course, with FAMU and Bethune Cookman coming in, uh, there are a couple of teams you're not going to be playing home and home. So, for example, we're not we're going to be going to Alabama to play Bama State and A and M, but those teams won't be coming to our place this year. We replaced those two home games with the two games in Florida with Bethune and FAMU. So there is a, there is some difference and there's some tweaking in the schedule uh, for us and for everybody really because um, we're opening up with uh, three in a row on the road, including at Jackson State. So it, it, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge. It, it's, you know, that Florida trip's not going to be anything easy because yep. whether you start in Daytona or whether you start in Tallahassee, it's about 300 miles from, from one point to another. You're probably going to have to fly in or a long bus ride, however way you want to do it. That's going to be probably the toughest trip you're going to have on your schedule in conference. It, it used to be Texas. I think you can say Florida now because that that's not going to be an easy trip with TSU. If they have to go down to Bethune and play Daytona on that swing, that's going to be tough. You can fly, of course, but I think it's made it a little more challenging in terms of just preparation, travel, and and you know those those uh, Florida team, FAMU is no joke in basketball. Even though you you, you look at where they are, they're picked to finish sixth. You got Bethune picked to finish tenth. You know they got a new AD there and Reggie Theus. You, you you don't know what's going to happen there in terms of how the athletic department's going to you know be shaped and molded 
So I think it's just like in football. I think in basketball, every Saturday and Monday night, you're going to see some funny things happen in, in the conference. I don't have an issue with, with, with the uh, order of finish. You know, TSU kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I think everyone kind of figured, a lot of people figured it would be Prairie used to run away with it because of their defense. But Texas Southern, Johnny Jones quietly built that thing, won the yep. tournament. And uh, so you, you have to give Johnny Jones a lot of credit because, and I have to apologize to him because when he was hired at Texas Southern after Mike Davis left, I didn't know if he was kind of the right fit. I mean, you know, coming from Nevada with that LSU, like, is he going to make it at TSU based on how high the standards are there? But he quietly, he is yep. quiet as a church mouse, but he can coach. He can coach his tail yes. off. And yep. he's got talent yep. to surround himself with as well. So, uh, you know, we're, we're picked to finish seventh. And I, I did a Landon Bussey meet and greet last week. And that's bulletin board material for his team because we got some scores this year. One of them is a Prairie View transfer, Linnell Henry. Uh, we got some guys that can score the basketball. One of the top players in the state of Mississippi we recruited. And, of course, Landon Busty preaches defense first. So if we get some scoring and those defensive principles kick in and everyone buys into that, I think the Braves will finish a lot higher than seven. Well, I'm going to ask Coach Petterway. Give me um, a team on the women's side, a team on the men's side that we better watch out for that could be – in the conversation to uh, well, do very well. Well, on the women's side, I, I got to pick Alabama a and I, I, I think uh, what Coach, what Margaret, I mean, Coach Richards has done up there, uh, I, I think she's got them playing real well. Uh, she's got a veteran group, and I think they're the team to watch on the women's side. Uh, you know, the, it, with that new contract, she can just sit back and just play. So so I, I think you need to uh, – be cautious of Alabama A&M women. And on the men's side, don't sleep on Bethune because this is why I say Bethune. Reggie Theers could do to basketball what the Coach Sanders has done to football. You know, he can bring, because of his legacy, he might be able to bring some players into Bethune. So don't sleep on them. Uh, you know, when, when he walks into a house, uh, with that NBA background, with that lineage, I think that speaks volumes. So don't don't sleep on Bethune Cookman. I'm not saying they'll win the championship, but I'm thinking that they might finish better than 10 in this fact because he should be he should have been able to bring in a few kids uh, in his first year. Duly noted, and coach, uh, before we let you go, and we appreciate the time, um, the football game today. Alabama and them gets it done, comes off a three-game losing streak. Alabama State has lost three Magic City Classics in a row. Will it be four? Well, it better be four because I'm here. <laughs> I'm here in the rain. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I have forgot. Uh, I, I did not. I have not. I'm not doing the tailgate. I'm going straight into the press box. I came down here to celebrate a victory. So uh, I think Coach <laughs> Maiden knows that, and and I think the rest of the Bulldog Nation expects that and uh we want nothing else but but a win uh coach ely he's got those that bama state ready to play but this will be the largest probably the largest crowd uh for hbcu this year uh the the buses are rolling in by the numbers and and i i just know that uh, the bulldogs will come out on top tonight today in our next segment we'll have our predictions and uh i'm leading I could say somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose, but uh, 
uh, which is true, uh, yep. unless it's unless it's a tie. Uh, but it, it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But yes. coach, enjoy the rest of your day and weekend, and appreciate it. Basketball season right around the corner. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Well, coach, thanks a lot. We'll talk with you again real soon. All right. Thank you guys and have a be safe. Everybody be safe and be blessed. Yes, sir. You as well. That was Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama AM. I simply call him the Coles Brown Show's basketball analyst, and uh, he is a true treasure in the Southwestern Athletic Conference and basketball, collegiate basketball. Now take a quick time out. When I come back, I'm scheduled to visit with Brandon B.J. Jones. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, talk with him. And um, Charles, you know what's coming up next? Our predictions. We'll look at last week's ball games in the conference and this week's conference games. Boy, FAMU homecoming. Uh, most teams have been successful on homecoming in the conference, except for a few. <laughs> you don't have to mention those names. You know, wow. 34 to 7, right? Pine Bluff lost their homecoming by 27. Yeah. And Southern lost 48 to 21. 27, huh? Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology.
It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Charles Edmonds, special guest co-host, uh, BJ Jones, will join us in uh, in a minute. You can see him on the screen there. Um, Charles, again, a lot of conversation uh, about Southern University and pertaining to the question that I had earlier in the show in hour number one, should they open up the coaching search? And I would say eight, nine um, people that are watching say, yes, open it up. Also, I've heard from uh, Mike, uh, Alcorn Knight says, Alcorn comes to their second home tonight, A.W. Mumford Stadium, Pete Richardson Field. Charles, <laughs> if, if Southern doesn't lose Last week, I think you looked at another good crowd, 20,000. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, and these two teams, Charles, you know, over the years, they played some memorable games. Of course, Alcorn State uh, has, you know, had the upper hand in uh, these uh, ball games. And so I'm not going on a hunger strike. Like I said last week, if uh, Southern loses to Alcorn because – they lost to Prairie View, so uh, it gives me a pre-charge. <laughs> um, yeah. what, what, what do you think, though? I mean, from the outside looking in, this this Southern University uh, football team. I mean, they have all the talent in the world. Um, I look at the offensive side of the ball. I look at McDaniel, and I look at Skelton. You look at Jamar Washington. You look at Ben. You look at Dylan. That's a formidable, uh, formidable running attack that they have there. Um, I think defensively, you know, it just depends on which Southern team shows up defensively. You know, we saw them against McNeese. I did, you know, defensively early on, they were getting it done and then they wore down. Um, And I think with Southern this year, I mean, just like a lot of teams, you know, you got to protect your defense by doing some stuff on offense. And I think when the offense can move the ball down the field, keep their defense off the field, I think Southern's a better football team. But again, I think for Southern, the ability to continue to stay with the running game because you look at Washington, you look at Dylan, you look at Ben, those guys can run the foot. We've seen Ben and we've seen Washington forever now that we know they can run the football. And then of course you got Skelton, who's another dynamic that can run the football. 
Southern's pretty good. When, when that running game's rolling, Southern's pretty good. But then when they get away from that, when they don't commit to it all the way, then that's when they get in trouble. And so that's what I look at on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, they can get after you. I think they just kind of wore down. I think Prairie View just, just took it to them in the second half. And I think it started up front. And Fred McNair talked about it with his team after practice on Thursday, the comments uh, that Coach Rollins made about, we don't lose games up front. Well, they lost that one up front. But, uh, but Fred McNair expects his team to get back with it this week, today, up front. So uh, Southern clearly has a championship team going into this, this season. That's why Coach Rollins was brought in. If, if, Southern had win last, if Southern had won last week, we wouldn't be talking about you know, make it a coaching change. If they run the table, then I think you wouldn't be talking about a coaching change. But I think everyone is just so ticked off the Jaguar Nation, and, and I am too as a SWAC fan, because it was truly disappointing that something should be done. Um, but be careful in how you blow it up, because if you blow it up, you're going to blow it up, and you're going to take some steps back, and how long it takes for you to get back on track. But uh, I, I think for Southern University, they have to be able to get back to what they do I think running the football is where the identity starts and then just kind of go from there. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't use the term blow up, but how about tweak? Tweak. <laughs> no. No. no, no, because um, you're still going to have a good bit. You may lose some players if, if a new coach comes in, but no, I, I'm not going to use that term um, blow up because blow up means you are you talking about from a coaching standpoint and players or are you just talking about from the coaching standpoint everything when you when you hire a head coach you have to understand and expect that it's going to be completely different than what you've been accustomed to just like if you take over a company the way that has been run in the past is not going to be run the way you're going to run it so yes when you have a new coach, everything is on the table and everything can get, get pushed off the table. So you have to, you have to realize that, you know, when, when you're bringing in a new CEO of a, or a coach. So yeah, I think, you know, but you got to look at where you are right now as a program. Does it need to be blown up? Does it need, do you need to start over? I don't think so. But when you bring in a new coach, you know, if you don't buy in, if those players don't buy in, those coach, those players aren't going to be there. They're going to transfer out whether they don't want to be there, whether the coach pushes them out. So you have, you, you got to really look at your program and, and, and determine where you are. And because if you take steps back, other teams are going to be moving forward, like Mississippi Valley, Grambling. You got to be careful with that. So I think this next month of the season is going to determine where this Southern program is in totality. Because if they lose these next four games, yes, it's probably time to wipe the slate clean. But if they get it done, beat win, beat, uh, win the Bayou, beat FAMU, beat Jackson, who's red hot, then you got to step back and say, wait a minute now. Maybe we, we might pull the trigger too quickly here. Let's take another look at it. And, and we're going to have BJ join us. But I'll give you a perfect example. Some guy that you know, God rest his soul, Marino Castle, right? He was coaching Southern University. Then – a guy that Southern had defeated by 30-plus points, a guy named hmm, Coach Pete Richardson. He came in, first game against Northwestern State, and the benchmark was set. It can be done. And I'll tell you this, talking to him recently, 
he saw that the team have talent, just like now. But one word that he came in, and that was discipline. And you look at this Southern team, and for all the talent, they're not disciplined right now. And are they disciplined enough to win four in a row? Yeah, could have, would have, should have. A big if falls if they win the next four in a row. But some people will say this. doesn't matter if they win four in a row. I'm not one of those guys. But if they win four in a row, I, I'll be honest with you. I, it's possible, but I don't think it's going to happen. But anyway, we shall see. BJ, are you ready? How's it going, Carlos? I'm doing all right. Charles is Charles is is, is tweaking me. He, <laughs> he, he I, you know, he's looking at it from a swag insider, and I can appreciate that. And uh, you know, me and Charles have had some interesting conversations over the years. Um, before we get into predictions, looking at last see last week's action, you're a Southern night. You're Southern alone. I've said disappointed, underachieved, uh, disappointed. Open up the coaching search. What does B.J. Jones say? I think you're going to be somewhere in, in the middle. You're not as extreme as me, and you're definitely not as extreme as Charles, the Miss, Mr. Woody <laughs> Tuchel. <laughs> uh, before I go, before I get into it, I, I would like to say that I think that Jason, Jason Rollins is um, a fantastic human being, great person. Every time I've talked to him, he's, you know, delightful. Uh, he's guy. passionate. He's, he's a passionate. He's a, he's a great guy. Uh, he's not he he's not the head coach for Southern University. Um, sorry, and, and and he's not. And I said open up the search. Um, really, after that Texas Southern um, loss, um, we we saw Southern come off of a bye week um, after that Mississippi Valley game. And then played defensively the worst football game that it had played all year outside of uh, Troy. You saw the discipline issues. You saw the poor tackling, the blown assignments. You saw all of these things in Texas Southern coming off of a bye week. Uh, people started to kind of get back happy after Arkansas Pine Bluff. But look at Arkansas Pine Bluff. We're talking about a football team at that point that was one and four, one and five, you know, uh, winless in conference. Uh, and then last week, uh, defensively, we played. Played pretty good. Played, played actually uh, solid for a half. Offensively couldn't get anything done. Could not run the football. Was was not dedicated to the run. Um, you know, I, I I think that you know it's it, it's time to go find the guy. Um, I will tell you that Southern University is not a place that you experiment at. Um, <laughs> not a, not an experimental job. Uh, the expectations <laughs> are high uh, because the fan base is passionate. Um, and with those f passionate fans comes with an, a level of expectation. And when those ex expectations aren't met, um, you know how it is um, around Baton Rouge. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I said open it up uh, really after Texas Southern and really more even looking where McNeese is and some of the losses that we've had. That, that McNeese football team might not win four games this season. That, that was not a good loss at all. Uh, Texas Southern was not a good loss um, at all. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm usually I'm, I'm in the middle, uh, but on this one I am I am checked out. Hey, he's checked out, Charles, and I've talked to a lot of people. They 
feel the same way. I'm, I, I'm still getting comments coming in, and uh, we, we don't want to spend most of this segment uh, talking talking about that. But at the end of the show, I am going to read what a good friend of mine said should happen if they decide to move on. What he what is the criteria for the next coach? But with that being said, and we'll get that in right before we get out of here. We got about nine minutes left on today's show. Uh, guys, last week in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, of course, the game of the week, we kind of talked about it. BJ just gave his comments on uh, Prairie View and them and Southern University, of course. But um, elsewhere in the conference, October 23rd, Arkansas. Uh, beat Arkansas Pine Bluff. That was historic. I think that was the first time that they met. Um, probably should be the last time, but you know, hey, the good thing about it, they got a they got a good paycheck, I guess, out of it. Forty-five to three, Jackson State over Bethune Cookman, forty-two to twelve. Jackson State guys still rolling along, and defensively, they're pretty good. Pretty no, they're damn good. How about that, uh, fam? You. Three-point victory over Mississippi Valley, 31 to 28. Purview, of course, over Southern 40, 21. Alcorn State. Uh, big second half over Texas Southern 44 to 27. BJ, of those games, which one kind of surprised you the most besides the Purview <laughs> and Southern game? Uh, really Alcorn and um uh, Texas Southern. I think Texas Southern actually played a, a good football game. Had it pull out, then you saw Alcorn go stretch, uh, stretch it out. Um, I think for Alcorn, um, they just keep moving along. I mean, they're not doing it pretty. Uh, they're not doing it in the fashion in which that we thought that they would. I would cheat, you know, Felix Harper throwing forty yards, and but they're getting it done. Um, so they shout out to to the Braves. Um, you know, they they. Uh, may not have been as dominant and convincing as uh, a lot of the brave faithful would like for these victories to have, have been, but they find themselves in the thick of the conference race and it's getting late in the year. And that's where you want to be. Um, so that one was, was, was a little bit shocking though last week. And Charles, they make adjustments to me. You, you guys agree or disagree. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I had all coordinates saying on word, this and that. Hey, I said, breathe deeply. Alcorn will make adjustment in the second half. That's exactly uh, what they did. But Charles, fam, you and Valley. We keep saying Valley is improving. You know, I've I've had people say Coach Dance, if he was at another program, he could get it done. Hmm, I wonder. 31 to 28. They have played tough. Played Alcorn tough. Um they got another big one today, but um, much improved. Although the record may not indicate it, much improved Mississippi Valley State. Absolutely. Um, and I, I was I was almost last week, Carlos, a little bit of uh, about an ounce of me said the way Valley's playing, that they, especially with the way they play at home, they might pull off a shocking upset. I didn't say it, just but my gut, deep gut said, fam, you should find a way. And they did find a way to win that game. And FAMU's offense is, is getting it rolling. Valley just couldn't quite get off the field defensively. You know, offensively, Valley still has some has some work to do. 
although it was pretty impressive with the way they were able to put up points and, and, and score touchdowns. They couldn't do it against Alcorn, settle for four field goals. But clearly that Valley team is, is, is up and coming and no longer are the days of just penciling in Valley on your schedule for a win. That's not going to happen. Coach Dancy is going to have that team ready to play. And I guarantee you that's one of the biggest games today that they've had in the Delta for a while. I can share a story with you. Uh, this was about three or four months ago. I was talking with somebody from Valley that said hotel rooms up in the Delta three or four months ago were going for over $300 a night. Greenwood, Greenville, Grenada. I mean, that's just how big that game is up there today. So it, it's generating a lot of attention even more so now that Valley's playing a lot better. Well, that's a perfect segue into today, today's schedule, October the 30th. I said last week, a great birthday present would be for me, and I accept presents to the rest of the year after yesterday, which was <laughs> my birthday. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff at Texas Southern, 2 p.m. ESPN Plus. Alabama State versus Alabama A&M, ESPN 3. Wow, 2.30 p.m. Jackson State and Mississippi Valley State, 3 p.m. Uh, Mississippi Valley State Athletics, YouTube. Grandma State at FAMU, ESPN Plus. I think I'll watch that one before the uh, All Corn and Southern game, which is at 6 p.m., also on ESPN Plus. Pine Bluff and Texas Southern, BJ. Who wins that ball game? I like Texas Southern. I like the way that they've been playing. I think their body uh, has been one of the, the, the better young talents that we've seen in the league. Uh, and, I, and I think that Texas Southern is getting better. So I like Texas Southern over Arkansas Pine Bluff. Yeah, look, Body impressed me last week. The only problem is he's a freshman. And you know when you're playing a freshman, you're going to get freshman mistakes. He threw a couple of backwards passes that were live footballs that the Braves fell on when TSU was moving the football. So, you know, if he cleans those up, you know, Texas Southern's really on us last week. But that didn't happen, and he has to learn from those. I think Texas Southern's playing a lot better. Texas Southern will win this football game. So I, I'm, I'm going with TSU as well. Make it a quick, a clean, excuse me, clean sweep. I like Texas Southern. He impressed me when he led Texas Southern for almost 600 yards of. Guess Southern University. Oh, oh my indeed. Okay, I'm hanging there. We're almost done. Uh, <laughs> Alabama State and Alabama A&M. Alabama A&M, three-game losing streak. Alabama State lost three Magic City classes in a row. I'm going with the upset. I'm picking the defense. I'm picking Alabama State. Simple as that. And if I'll be wrong, I'll blame Charles next week. But Alabama State, <laughs> <laughs> I like Alabama State in the, if I can say it that way, throw records out in the upset. Charles? Yeah, you know, I was going with A&M until the last hour when, when, when Travis came on. Travis kind of convinced me that Alabama State's defense is going to slow down glass just enough. And I think that's convincing enough for me. And it's true, Alabama State's defense has been the bread and butter of their team. So I, and A&M still hasn't fixed their, their defense either. So I'm, I'm going with Alabama State. I was going with A&M until an hour ago, but now I, I flipped my pick. It, I am going with Alabama State in the Magic City. Uh-oh. Charles, Charles, I mean, BJ, Charles was picking with me. Oh, no. Now I'm worried. We don't agree on a whole bunch. Who you like, BJ? I like Alabama State. I think if you look at Alabama A&M, a kill glass sack 19 times in the last three games. 
Alabama State brings in a solid defense, uh, and they can run the football. Uh, young quarterback, that offense looks better. Alabama and m can't stop anybody. I like the Hornets in Birmingham today. Yeah. Moving on, we got about well, oh, a minute, a minute and a half left. Jackson State and Mississippi Valley State. Mississippi Valley State plays tough. They'll play tough again for a while, but I, I think Jackson State um, coaching again without Coach Sanders and uh, best wishes to Coach Sanders. A lot of rumors are flying around. We'll just say this. He's not going to be on the sideline. So um, I'm, I'm going to take Jackson State because of their defense, defense, defense. Charles? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Jackson as well, but Valley's going to play the game of their lives, and they're going to push Jackson State to the brink. But at the end of the day, I do Jackson State will win the game. Okay. I like Jackson State in this one. I don't think it's going to be a hard-fought game, but I like Jackson State. You see, it's the same thing. They're going to play hard. They're going to You're going to know Valley's been there, but they're going to fall short. Um, two games left, Grandma State and FAMU. FAMU, I don't think they'll lose their homecoming. So I'm picking FAMU, but Grandma State, you know, if, if if they can, you know, find some offense, some consistent offense, defense uh, has been the better of the two units. But I like FAMU to win in their homecoming. BJ? I like uh, I like uh, FAMU. I think this one's going to be close. I think when you look at when you look at FAMU, they've struggled offensively, defensive, but they're solid. Them and Grambling are almost mirror images. You talk about the football team to struggle offensively, great defenses. I like FAMU in a close, low-scoring game. Take a, a good defensive team in the offense that's struggling and vice versa. Last but not least, Alcorn State at Southern University. I'm not going on the hunger strike. I said if Southern loses, I would. I'm not. I just think this team <laughs> mentally, Charles said this game scares them to death. I think it's mental for the Jaguars in two ways now. What One against Alcorn State, and then what happened last week? I'm just not confident. I'm gonna take Alcorn State in this one. They'll win this game. BJ, so tonight I think Southern shocks the world. I think Southern gets the monkey off of their back. It gets the Alcorn monkey off their backs. They get the win against Alcorn and what have you. Terrible season. People complain. Odoms didn't beat Alcorn. Odoms didn't beat, didn't beat Alcorn. But beat Alcorn and we still don't have the season that we would like to have. I take that. I hope I'm wrong, BJ. Charles? Charles? Uh-oh. Charles must not was be my, listening. Was my pick too much for him? They have been. Well, let's see. Charles, are you there? Can you hear me? Uh, well, we'll wrap up today's show. Um, I'm sure he's going to pick Alcorn. I'll speak for him, although he's scared to death of this game and next week with Bethune-Cookman. But um, we shall see next week. BJ, appreciate the time as always. Charles, appreciate the time as always. Uh, Roy Evans producing today's show. I'm going to do this. I'm going to read that text message. I think it speaks to what I believe as far as if Southern decides to go in another direction, we've heard that before, the criteria for the next coach. I promise I'll get it to you 
next week. Don't forget the Cole Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network, uh, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next Saturday, as always, peace and God bless. <laughs>